0: Hello! We are glad to see you on this episode of Quarantine. Today we will discuss some of the many different aspects of perfectionism. It should be pretty interesting. We will discuss things like underachievement, coping mechanisms, and more. But first, let's begin this episode with one minute of headlines to update you on the world around us. US News 1. NBC started off this Thursday by stating Outed whistleblower Dr. Rick Bright unloads on Trump admin's coronavirus response. 2. CNN reported a woman went biking on Mother's Day. She hasn't been seen since. 3. Earlier today, NBC News claimed Michigan Barber, 77, defying state over shutdown, has licenses suspended but refuses to close. World News 1. MSN Now informed readers that World Health Organization warns virus may be here to stay, as toll nears 300,000. NPR published, after days of no new coronavirus cases, New Zealand reopens most businesses. 3. CBS News discussed how coronavirus flares up in China and South Korea prompt new fears of second wave. Business news. 1. McDonald's to end public soda fountains due to coronavirus pandemic, claimed Yahoo Finance. Science news, which I did change from sports news because there's no sports and it's boring. One, according to CNN, fossilized human footprints may reveal ancient traditions. Other news, and finally, MSN informed us that 108 year old woman lived through the Spanish flu. Now she survived COVID 19. Now let's jump into this episode with our first, uh, point. I guess. According to Utica College, a perfectionist is defined as a person who refuses to accept any standard short of perfection. Naturally, this can lead to some major perks. As I discovered on the chart, perfectionists have a tendency to study for a long time, and as a result, their grade raises. This is a large perk because good grades affect their future. If studying for 1080 minutes or 16 hours, the average grade on a test that the perfectionist would get is 100%. An example of a perfectionist is Emma Watson, who claims, I'm a perfectionist, so my bossiness definitely comes out. She is a part-time motivational speaker and part-time actress, so being assertive and demanding for attention is quite necessary to make a point in her job. Another perk of perfectionism is that it generally prepares individuals for success because they are more assembled to deal with difficult situations and impact their future by preparation for an important event such as a job interview, affecting their actions and results. Um, Next up, I'm going to read a blog that I wrote about perfectionism a while ago. Perfectionism may be a strong suit or a stumbling block, depending on how it's channeled, as clinical psychologist Jeff Zizomansky explains. That was really good. Dr. Zizomansky is an associate instructor of psychology at Harvard Medical School and executive director of the International OCD Foundation. That's a quote from Harvard Health Publishing. Hello, and welcome to this issue of In Someone Else's Shoes. As normal, today is not a day for deviation. I will be explaining the situation that many people have dealt with, that have many pros and a surprising amount of cons. Today, I will talk about perfectionism. I know what you're thinking. This must be an entry full of bias because she's a perfectionist. However, I will try to keep this less opinionated and more factual. Actually, perfectionists are more likely going to be depressed and suicidal. Psychiatrics, uh, no, that's definitely... Is that right? Psychiatrists? No, I was right. Okay. Psychiatrists think that perfectionists have unrealistic views on failure and are overly critical of themselves, which has a negative impact on daily life. It's possible that my outlooks on life aren't always that great. Anyway, in this issue, we will be discussing coping strategies for perfectionism. Perfectionists have outlooks on life that are often associated with the perfectionist saying, never good enough. The book Perfectionism A Practical Guide to Managing Never Good Enough by Lisa Van Gemert sure teaches readers that are supposed to be parents or educators how perfectionists look on how perfectionists look on life so that they can cope better with them from an academic standpoint the article trying to be perfect can cause anxiety by harvard medical school teaches the stresses that perfectionists can go through due to their standpoints today we will focus on coping strategies for different components of learning tactics and how parents teachers guardians can approach a different perfectionist sorry a perfectionist from an educational standpoint let's get started So we're gonna begin with an article I wrote called coping strategies for your needs as an academic learner. Coping strategies vary for each individual. It often helps one overcome perfectionists unfair outlook on themselves. Underachievers should talk about how they're feeling in a safe and non-judging environment. And there are many different aptitude treatment interactions for average learners. However, one of the most demanding of attention is called an effective style. Oh, sorry. University of Nebraska states effective style motivational processes attention expectancy incentive viewed as the learner typical modes of arousing directing and sustaining behavior. This shows that the effective style of learning is more of a hands-on learning system that provokes our response out of the le- that provokes a response out of the learners due to the stimuli creating a reaction. This type of learning seems to help most average students and learners because a hands on experience gives them a better idea of how something might work. This shows that average learners might do better under pressure when provided with an activity ahead of time. The University of Texas at Austin compares perfectionism to healthy striving. They claim increase your awareness for the self critical nature of your all or nothing thoughts and how they extend to other people in your life. Learn to substitute more realistic, reasonable thoughts for your habitabl- habitually critical ones. When you find yourself criticizing a less than perfect performance, whether your own or someone else's, make yourself stop and think about the good parts of that performance. This shows that perfectionists have unrealistic and self-critical outlooks on life, and it might be helped them if they set aside their perfectionist side and put their best foot forward in using their ability. A (laughs) (coughs) A coping strategy for perfectionists is to put faith in themselves because their ability is what earns the grade. University of Connecticut, University of Virginia, and Yale University combined efforts to create a recent study that came out with the following conclusions. One, students' attitude towards school impacts underachievement among gifted students. Five, so yes, I know I skipped two, three, and four, but I'm choosing the most important ones, I thought. Students with more positive self-perceptions are more, much more likely to have high achievement motivation and strong study and organizational skills. And six, Students' self-perceptions and attributional styles are related. So that shows that underachievers may need to change their attitude and think stronger of themselves in order to change their attitude and become an achiever. These coping strategies help average learners, perfectionists, and underachievers learn in a way that benefits them greatly so that they can understand things to the best of their ability. Next on the topic block, I guess, is approaching various learners. There are many ways to approach each type of learner. For example, Stress, Recess, Perfectionism by CMHC, UT Counseling and Mental Health Center, Division of Student Affairs, teaches that it helps perfectionists cure their anxiety and kills off some of their stress if they reflect on their actions and prepare for future situations that may be similar. The text states, here's an experiment to explore the costs that come with being perfectionistic. Try to predict how much time it will take you to complete this simple jigsaw puzzle. The timer cut you off or the timer cut the time you entered in half so that you wouldn't have enough time. Did you notice the time was cut in half? Did you continue anyway? Did you feel frustrated at the end? Think about your reactions for a moment. Chances are that you did feel frustrated when you didn't complete that puzzle in time. Even though you now know that the experiment was rigged against you, there's probably still a part of you that wishes you could have succeeded even with only half the time. What do you think that means? The activity showed a perfectionist an image that was very detailed and asked them how much it might take for how much time it might take for them to complete and then cut their time in half. This was created this way because it wanted to show the struggles of being a perfectionist that procrastinates. This shows that the teacher of an educator should instantly teach perfectionists and all students the risk of procrastination in order to discourage it so students know it's a lot harder to procrastinate and then teach the students the positive effects on reacting on their actions in order to prepare for future situations. In the experiment, there was a second stage after the time was cut where it allowed you to do it in the full time so you could experience the satisfaction of not procrastinating after the reflection that prepared you for that. Additionally, Using self-regulated learning to reverse underachievement in talented students by University of Connecticut teaches educators how to try to reverse gifted underachievement in order to be the best learner an underachiever can be. The text states, we must recognize that one self-regulation strategy will not work for all students, and that the use of only a few strategies will not work optimally for a person on all tasks or occasions. It is important that students learn to use multiple self-regulatory learning skills rather than single strategies. They must also learn that their goal- goals and choice in self-regulation strategies have to be adjusted regularly as they experience different content areas and different teachers. Teachers should try to work with students to help them shift from performance skills, goals, and <laughs> sorry, email, performance goals and move towards mastery goals, focusing on understanding the m- material, persisting when they are challenged or their performance fails. The text explains. Uh performance goals are goals that are directly correlated to an outcome whereas a mastery goal often motivated a student to increase their knowledge. When an underachiever is attempting to do something that will directly affect their grade, they tend to struggle. But when creating a mastery goal, they feel motivated because it st- starts out small and it grows. Perfectionism is not attainable, but if we chase perfection, we can catch excellence, said Vince Lombardi. I just wanted to add a quote, it sounds kind of fancy. All right, now we're going to talk about perfectionism compared to unachievement. Introduction. Perfectionism, we've already said this, is officially defined as refusal to accept any standard order of perfection. Perfectionists often share many similar characteristics, such as full of stress and anxiety, but are hardworking and committed to their work. Underachievement is defined by Merriam-Webster dictionary as one, such as a student, that fails to attain a predicted level of achievement or does not do as well as expected. Some characteristics that they share are a low self-esteem that sometimes leads to rebellion. However, perfectionists and underachievements have surprisingly similar experiences and opinions. Perfectionist Characteristics Perfectionism, a practical guide to managing never good enough by Lisa Van Germert, states, A chart identifies perfectionism as an extreme form of de facto conscientiousness. In this model, conscientiousness is described as a tendency toward organization and dependability. People with low conscientiousness can look lazy, disorganized, unreliable, or sloppy, while people with high conscientiousness look super organized and reliable. Viewed in a slightly different way, this highlights the connection between perfectionists and what we would call executive functioning skills, the ability to manage one's life. This shows that perfectionists have a variety of traits, but that they generally are either very organized or very messy within their schoolwork and habitat. Here are underachiever characteristics. Educational researchers disagree about the nature and even the existence of gifted underachievers. Anastasi questioned the legitimacy of underachievement as a category of academic behavior, particularly when discrepancies between intelligence test scores and achievement test scores are the only evidence of underachievement. This shows that underachievers often are disagreeable because their test scores may contradict the current knowledge of the educator researchers currently have agreed on. Now we're going to compare those two. Often, if you're seeking perfectionism and you realize you can't get there, your frustration leads you, to be, leads you toward the complete opposite of the spectrum. Sometimes kids struggling with perfectionism who find that they cannot be perfect in school don't slide into the A- minus or B range, but instead go into F mode, which can be particularly damaging. This shows that perfectionists and underachievers are similar because oftentimes underachievers are originally perfectionists, and that this is an area that they struggle with, they might not decide to do it at all, and then they become gifted underachievers contrasting those two. It's important to understand that perfectionists can be often be the root of some people's failures and look like they lack concern for their success. If we interpret this failure as laziness or rebellion, we may approach the student's underachievement in an entirely wrong way. This shows that perfectionists and underachievers are different because they both often interpret things completely differently, while perfectionists think that they are achieving and underachievers think that perfectionists are failing. And that is all for today's episode. Just kidding! It's not the end. Now we're going to talk about the impacts of perfectionism on everyday life. In relationships, psychology today states that perfectionism may be hurting your relationships. The article says a marriage of equals is hard to create when one or both partners are perfectionists. A marriage of equals is a partnership between two people who must see each other as true equals, not only must they be true equals, but both must be open to influencing each other continuously in order to become perfect for, perfect for and irreplaceable to each other. In friendships. There are definitely issues when it comes to some friendships. For example, perfectionists constantly want to take the lead. And I know that I'm saying that like I'm not the perfectionist, but I am. This is 100% a description of me. Friendship is the group ob- group project and the perfectionist in the group always wants to be the top. This, along with other things, like holding grudges, can seriously harm a perfectionist's social life. They can still do it, of course. They can still have friends. The friends would have to learn how to put up with them. (laughs) Thank you, friends! And then the workplace. Hogan Assessment states, To examine the impact of perfectionism on a variety of work outcomes, Hogan used meta-analysis to determine statistical relationships between scores on the diligent scale and job performance ratings on a variety of (laughs) compen... competencies competencies that's the word job performance ratings included appraisals by superior supervisors peers and study participants the competencies that workers were rated on represent behaviors critical for success across a wide variety of jobs examples include goal setting teamwork dependability interpersonal skills and trustworthiness as expected the results of the study demonstrate how perfectionism can affect different areas of the job performance in both positive and negative ways. In addition, these relationships often varied depending on who was rating performance. For example, scores on the Hogan Development Survey's Diligence Scale were positively rated to, related to ratings of initiative provided by supervisors and peers, but did not show a strong relation of, with self-ratings of initiative. This shows that although co-workers are more likely to view perfectionists as driven and focused, perfectionists themselves are more likely to feel like they're motivated by other factors, such as a fear of negative appraisals by others. Interestingly, the majority of self-report performance ratings were positively correlated with perfectionism, indicating that perfectionists tend to view themselves as good performers across a variety of work areas, with the one exception being the area of stress tolerance. In contrast, when considering both uh, where am I? Both supervisor and peer ratings. The direction of the relationships vary between competency, although a majority of significant relationships were negative. For example, perfectionists are likely to re- relate themsel- <laughs> rate themselves high on financial acumen. That's definitely not it. Indicating that they are good at working with equations, understanding complex financial information, and forecasting future business and market trends. However, supervisors and peers disagree with this assessment, demonstrating much less confidence in the financial acumen of perfectionists. I'm out of breath. Hold on. Okay. The same general pattern is also found in the areas of dependability, leadership, risk management, and valuing diversity. Additionally, scores resulting from ratings on the diligence scale were negatively related to supervisory ratings in areas such as motivating others, negation, and stress tolerance. However, self-report, supervisor, and peer writings tended to agree that perfectionists perform better than average in competencies related to initiative, service, orientation, and planning and organization. Although all three raters are in agreement in these areas, perfectionists tend to have an inflated view of themselves when it comes to certain competencies. In general, Hogan's results indicate that, in many cases, the competencies that perfectionists view as their own strength are seen as problem areas by others. This confirms what a previous research on perfectionism and its relation to specific job ratings have suggested, that supervisors and peers alike view perfectionism as producing both positive and negative outcomes. Getting the, most per- <laughs> Sorry. getting the most from perfectionists. The secret to getting the most from perfectionist employees is to provide them with proper coaching to help them overcome their more negative attributes. Considering the following strategies for these marketing or for managing perfectionists, good enough is as valuable as perfect. One of the most important lessons perfectionists can benefit from learning that the best solution might not always be the most effective. All right, let's move on. So now we're going to discuss twice-exceptionalism. Twice-exceptionalism, also known as 2E, entered educators' lexicons in mid-1990s and refers to gifted gifted children who have some form of disability. These children are considered exceptional both because of their giftedness and because of their special needs, says Wikipedia. About 0.5% of students in the United States are identified as twice exceptional, which may not sound like a lot, but when you think about the grand scheme of how many students are in the United States, that is a lot. Um, So now let's discuss the link to perfectionism, because this is an episode about perfectionism, not giftedness, none of that, but we are going to be discussing that later. Well, let's go. (sighs) Margaret Mary Candler wrote her thesis on this, so I will read some quotes from that. Although a long-standing interest in the abilities of gifted students exists, researchers and clinicians have only recently focused on specific factors that may impact the likelihood of mental health diagnosis, such as anxiety and depression within this population. This is especially true for gifted students with coexisting disabilities, or twice-exceptional students, who may have unique disabilities that differ from those of gifted students without disabilities. Perfectionism is one, of one factor that may be important to consider when examining factors that impact the development of anxiety and depression within these populations. <sighs> the current study examined how perfectionism differs within gifted and twice-exceptional students, within the exception of self-reported anxiety and depression. Scores were were reported for both gifted, N equals 39, and twice exceptional, N equals 28, participants ages 8 through 14, on the Almost Perfect Scale Revised, APSR, Revised Children's Manifest Anxiety Scale, RCMAS, and Children's Depression Inventory 2, CDI2. Pearson Chi-Square results suggested that gifted students reported higher rates of maladaptive perfectionism on the APSR compared to twice-exceptional students. Although gifted and twice-exceptional students in this sample reported style of perfectionism differently, group differences disappeared when also considering self-reported symptoms of anxiety and depression via 2 times 3 analysis of variance. Turkey post- HOC tests informed or indicated that self-reported maladaptive style of perfectionism was related to higher scores on measures of anxiety and depression. Clinical and research implications of these findings were also explored. The role of perfectionism in twice-exceptional students has not been extensively researched. Twice-exceptional students may be more likely to uh, identify as perfectionists, and this perfectionism may be more likely to take on unhealthy characteristics. According to Reese and Colbert, Colbert, 2004, twice exceptional students may experience perfectionism related to unrealistic self-expectations, some of which may stem from pressure experienced due to misunderstanding of their disability status. However, there is a dearth of current empirical research on how perfectionist, perfectionism manifests within this population. Perfectionism was assessed by the Almost Perfect Scale, revised APSR, the APSR includes 23 items that load onto three subscales, high standards, order, and discrepancy, in order to distinguish between adaptive and maladaptive. That's how you say that, maladaptive. <laughs> no, I said it wrong again. Maladaptive perfectionists, which we will discuss that meeting in a minute. Students respond to prompts such as, I often feel frustrated because I cannot meet my goals using a Likert-style scale. One is strongly disagree. Seven is strongly agree. Students who score high on the high-standard subscale are considered perfectionists. Students who also score high on the discrepancy subscale are identified as maladaptive perfectionists. Rice and colleagues, 2011, established useful cut scores for use, of, use with adolescent populations and identified a score greater than or equal to 35 on the high-standard subscale as, an indica- as indicative of perfectionism. A score of 41 or lower on the discrepancy scale subscale suggests ad- adaptive. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, we're gonna the sentence over. A score of 41 or lower on the discrepancy subscale suggests adaptive perfectionism, whereas a score greater than 41 indicates maladaptive perfectionism. If a student does not obtain a score above the cut point on the scales, the student is classified as a non-perfectionist. Although order is in included as a subscale of the APSR, research has suggested that though these items comprise a separate domain, they do not contribute significantly to identifying type of perfectionism. The current study utilized common practices and focused primarily on the high standards and discrepancy subscales as a means for establishing types of perfectionists for participants. APSR has well-documented reliability and validity Validity with a wide range of populations, including adolescents and young gifted students. Slaney and colleagues, 2001, first validated the APSR with a sample of college students and demonstrated good reliability, with alpha levels ranging from 0.82 to 0.92. In a sample of middle school students, reliability estimates were from 0.82 to 0.95. Further research found alpha levels ranging from 0.77 to 0.87, as well as an adequate construct validity in a sample of 342 gifted middle school students. The study also demonstrated adequate convergent and discriminant validity within this sample based on the three factors of the APSR. Okay, I know that was a lot of words, so I'm just going to explain what I got out of it. Um, It might not be entirely right because I am, again, still a teenager and I do not know what most of this stuff means. But what I caught is basically they did a huge test uh, using APSR and uh, everything. There's a whole bunch of different sub things. And it sounds like a lot of the time, the uh, twice exceptional people were considered perfectionists if they got a specific score, but most of them did. So um, there is clearly a link there. And now I'm going to take a minute to define uh, maladaptive versus adaptive perfectionists in the next clip. Right Attitudes defines adaptive perfectionists as adaptive perfectionism is the normal, healthy form of perfectionism. Adaptive perfectionists endeavor for success. They tend to complete tasks in good time and have high standards for their work. They take into account their strengths and limitations and don't overexert themselves until it really matters. And then there's the maladaptive perfectionists. Maladaptive perfectionism as a perfectionist that gets in the way and it includes setting unrealistic standards, overreacting when not reaching such standards, and needing always to be in control. That's kind of like how the issue with um, friendships you always have to be in control. And then here are some things that you might notice about 2E students. The National Association for Gifted Children says. Twice exceptional children often find difficulty in the school environment, where organization, participation, and long-term planning play a role. They can be highly creative, verbal imaginative, curious with strong problem-solving ability, and a wide range of interests or a single, all-consuming expertise. However, at school, they have difficulty keeping up with course rigor, volume, and demands resulting in inconsistent academic performance, frustration, and difficulties with written expressions and labels, such as a lazy, unmotivated, underachiever. Note the underachiever term. All this may hinder their excitement for school and be detrimental to their self-efficacy, self-confidence, and motivation. So now we'll discuss giftedness. Are all gifted students perfectionists? NAGC states, it's not uncommon for highly ability children to also be perfectionists, whether they wonder or worry about getting a drawing exactly right, earning all A's or school, or feeling helpless in fixing society's downfalls, approximately 20% of gifted children suffer from perfectionism to the degree it causes problems, meaning maladaptive perfectionism. <coughs> all perfectionism is not bad. Setting personal standards and pursuing excellence is important and healthy in many life situations. However, perfectionists can become unhealthy when it causes stress, pain, illness, procrastination, and underachievement. When not inclusive some causes of perfectionism include a desire to please others, early successes and no failures at a young age, and a difficulty setting realistic goals. Again, so that is again referring to the adaptive perfectionism and maladaptive perfectionism. All right, time for some review! Perfectionism is a mindset to keep working until something is perfect. It is often seen in gifted children along with twice exceptional students. Although it can be dangerous in some settings, specifically maladaptive perfectionism, it does have its pros, such as studying harder and longer, which produces better grades and preparation for difficult situations. However, sometimes in cases like friendships, relationships, and the workplace, perfectionism can be a flaw. Of course, this is a generalization, it really is up to the individual and how they act around these scenarios. There are some coping strategies to help the individual learner, however, that can help fix these problems. On top of that, there is a completely different aspect of perfectionism that we have only t- discussed a bit because there's not too much evidence, but it's very interesting. Underachievement! When compared to perfectionism, we found that underachievers are actually maladaptive perfectionists who can't take the pressure that they are under and choose instead to do nothing at all. <clears throat> Although they share similar mindsets to perfectionists, there are some differences, however, such as their views on failure. And let's, that's it. that's it i hope you liked listening to this episode and learned something new if you like this podcast please support us with monthly do- oh my gosh the stupid email i'm sorry i've gotten like millions of emails while i'm just sitting here if you like this podcast please support us with monthly donations it helps us get new equipment and improve our overall episodes every penny counts another way to help us out is writing us a review almost every streaming platform we are on allows you to review our podcast and it's really needed for us to get the word out there that's strongly appreciated. Also, please share this podcast with one person. If you continue to share, we will be more well known. The last and most novel thing you can do is buy our merchandise. 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 Thank you for that wonderful musical moment there, Lauren. Now, back to the outro. Just hit 500 downloads. Thank you! And we launched our new line, hand-drawn by my brother Andrew and me. It has headphones and the cord says quarantine. It's not perfect, but it's pretty cute. A good portion of the profits go back to us, and we appreciate every single purchase. Join us on Tuesday for an episode that may be about entrepreneurship featuring Jeannie, we'll see. If you have any questions, you can send us voice messages on our website. Go follow us on our socials at quarantine.teen.pod on Instagram and on Facebook at Quarantine oh, Instagram and Facebook at Quarantine.teen er, <laughs> at Quarantine P, capital q on Twitter and at Quarantine T-E-E-N capital on YouTube to get the newest information. Subscribe to our mailing list by making an account on our website which is linked in the description. Uh, merch is also linked in the description, I forgot to say that. We are also now on the Wix app and you can see any of our updates there as well. Thank you so much for listening and joining us on Tuesday. A special thanks to Anchor for sponsoring the podcast and Wix for the amazing website creation tools. Also, thank you to our many streaming platforms. I recently distributed quarantine to many more, so All Top, Apple Podcasts, Audio Burst, Anchor, Breaker, Bullhorn, Castbox, Deezer, Fid, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, iHeartRadio, our newest one, listen notes, Mahalin, FM, Plex, Pocketcast, Podbean, Podchaser, Radio Public, SoundCloud, Spotify, Spreaker, and Stitcher. Have a great day.